please join me in an attitude of prayer. Holy and gracious God, Lord, we thank you for this day. And we thank you for calling us all together as your holy people. Lord, in this time, may the words of my mouth, the meditations of all of our hearts, be acceptable in your sight. We pray this in your name. Amen. I want to call your attention for a moment to the picture on the screen in front of you. So every week, um, what I do is I have an app on my phone, and there are free pictures on there. So I go on there and I select a picture that's appropriate to the message that week, and then I add the text onto it to, so that we can have like, the picture that matches the sermon then every week. But uh, so early last week, I was uh, walking through my living room, as I do, and um, all of a sudden, a picture jumped out in front of me. This picture is actually a painting from a dear friend of mine, and she painted this picture several months ago as a gift, and uh, I put it in my living room, and as things tend to do when you put them in the background, you just kind of forget about them, right? Um, And then last week, I was walking through the living room, and it kind of jumped out at me, and I was like, oh, I'm such an idiot. This should have been our picture from day one of this sermon series. So I wanted to point that out to you. This is a picture. I know it's hard to tell, but it's a picture um, that a friend painted for me. And it says, it's a pear shape, and it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is, and that's written on the side. And then it has the fruit of the Spirit listed in in the pear. So... Um, so that will be our picture for the rest of what? Did you hear your daughter? She says, she looked over the picture and she says, oh, we already have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, we do, Anna. We do have that. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so that's, uh, so that's what we're doing. So, um, so we've already talked about the first two fruits of the spirit, love and joy. And so now today we are talking about peace. Um, To be honest, um, this is a difficult characteristic to talk about. Throughout the Bible, there are many times in the Bible where God commands us to be at peace. In John 14, 27, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I give to you not as the world gives. Do not be troubled or afraid. In Philippians 4, verses 6 through 7, we also read, Don't be anxious about anything. Rather, bring up all of your requests to God in your prayers and petitions, along with giving thanks. Then the peace of God that exceeds all understanding will keep your hearts and minds safe in Christ Jesus. So when we read these passages in the Bible, some of us take these words to heart. And we do find that peace that God wants to instill in us. However, for others, as we read these passages, it just makes us more anxious. For those of us who are a constant worrier, or for those who battle anxiety, depression, and suicidal thoughts, these passages can cause more harm than good. And I should add, it's the people who interpret and preach these passages that can cause harm. We think or we have been told that these passages are just the antidote to cure our anxiety and our depression, 
We have been told that if we just have enough faith in God and if we just pray really, really hard and we repeat these verses as a mantra to ourselves, then God will just take away all of our anxiety and all will be fine in the world. And maybe for a few minutes, it is. But then the worries come back. The anxiety ramps up and gives us heart palpitations. You wake up the next morning and find it's hard to get out of bed. You go through the day wondering if the world was just better off without you. And so then we go back to these verses again, um, and we repeat them back to ourselves, and then we think we have failed as Christians. We think to ourselves, surely I am not a good enough, strong enough, faithful enough of a Christian if I'm still not finding peace. So this sends us into a spin cycle of repeating the process of prayer, repeating the verses, and then failure, or at least we think it's failure. Or we just, in the end, start to feel like we need to give up on God or even ourselves because it's not working. Well-meaning Christians don't help each other either when we go to one another and we share our hardships and all we say in return is, you should just pray about it some more. While I believe in the power of prayer and have had moments of peace in the midst of a storm, I also know that mental illness is a real concern. And so I want this message to be loud and clear today before I move any further into this message about peace combating our anxieties and fears. If you struggle with anxiety, depression, or suicidal thoughts, please see your doctor for further help. There is no shame in taking medication. There is no shame in seeing a therapist. There's no shame in taking care of your mental health. Yes, prayer helps, but prayer alone will not take away your mental illness. Yes, Jesus loves you so much and is present with us in the midst of whatever we're going through, but Jesus also loves us so much that he wants us to take care of ourselves, our whole selves, our physical, our spiritual, and our mental health, and to take real steps forward and caring for ourselves. You can have all the faith in the world, and you can still be depressed. You could pray 24-7 and still struggle with anxiety. I, I know this is not a very cheery sermon so far, but unfortunately in the church we do not talk about mental illness enough. Every year, tens of millions of Americans are diagnosed with anxiety and depression. This is a real concern in the church and in our country and in our world, and we need to talk more about it, especially today as we talk about peace and what is peace and uh, what does the Bible really have to say about peace. Um, And I really wanted us to talk about the difference between cultivating a fruit of peace versus a mental illness that should be treated accordingly. And so I just really want to make that lesson loud and clear today before I move further. So with that being said, let's talk about what the Bible really has to say about peace. What is peace 
when we are dealing with mental illness or going through a really difficult season in life. Let's look at our gospel passage again from John 14, 27. Jesus says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I give to you not as the world gives. Do not be troubled or afraid. I found this really excellent quote, um, explanation from a book called The Fruit of the Spirit by um, Thomas Trask and Wade Goodall. And it's been my uh, resource for my sermon series um, so far and, and for the rest of the series. And so they wrote this um, about uh, the passage from John 14. They write this. Peace is the third portion of the fruit of the Spirit listed in Galatians. Every human heart yearns for it. Jesus promised his disciples, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. The Greek word for peace in this verse means more than just living a life with no conflict or being quiet, still, and at rest. It is used for the calmness that a nation or a city enjoys when it has a caring, competent, and secure leader. William Barclay writes that in biblical times, villages had an official who was the superintendent of the village's peace, the keeper of the public peace. Having this kind of peace means having tranquility in your heart that originates from the understanding that your life is truly in the hands of a loving God. It means experiencing quiet in your inner self. Last week we talked about joy. And we talked about the the very slight difference between joy and happiness. And so we talked about with happiness, happiness is um, a fleeting feeling that we get. We we get happy when we have a bite of chocolate cake that we just really love, right? Um, Or when something really good happens to us, we feel happy. Now, you can feel happy and joyful at the same time. But the difference between happiness and joy is that you can feel joy even when you're not happy. You can feel joy even when bad things are coming at you. Because we have a joy that lives deep within us and it stays with us always. It's the same as peace. Peace can be a head clear of anxiety and worry. It can be the moment of calm where all is right in the world. But a peace that is cultivated as a fruit of the Spirit is a peace that stays deep within us despite what is going on in our minds. It is a peace deep within us despite the chaos going on all around us in life. This is a peace that settles within and around us and reminds us that no matter what life throws at us, we know who we are and whose we are. Our hearts are like a city, and we have a keeper of our peace that we entrust our hearts to. When we give our hearts over to Jesus, we feel confident and secure in knowing that the keeper of the peace, the prince of all peace, will hold us close. And see us through our journey. Our Thursday Bible study group is reading a book by Adam Hamilton called Unafraid. And we've had some very good 
conversations in that Bible study um, about how um, we as a culture and as a church and all the different fears that we live with um, in today's world. And um, we've had really good conversations about what are the different fears that we face and how do we deal with them. But the question we always bring up is how do we as Christians overcome our fear in the midst of our storms? How do we live into God's command to not be afraid when there is so much to be afraid of? This is Adam Hamilton's response to those big questions. Hamilton writes, God's instruction, do not be afraid, appears more than a hundred times in the Bible. These words were most often spoken in frightening or unnerving situations. Times of national disaster or when Israel's enemies were attacking, or when the people were asked by God to step out on faith and do the very thing they feared the most. They were spoken in the midst of storms, when facing death, and when a situation seemed hopeless. But the phrase that often follows these words are just as important. God says to his people, Do not be afraid, for I am with you. We live in peace, not in fear, because God is near. We have assurance in our salvation that Jesus holds us close and will walk with us into the middle of that storm. We can have a peace that surpasses all understanding because even when the storm is raging around us and we can't see our way forward, we know that Jesus is right there carrying us through it. Jesus knows the way through our storms and we can trust the one who promises to be the way, the truth, and the life. Peace is a difficult fruit to cultivate and to produce, especially in today's climate of fear. We are afraid of our future as a country, of other nations, of other groups of people, of going to the mall, of flying. And that's just on top of our normal fears where every day we ask ourselves, did I do the right thing today and how am I going to get through it tomorrow? Fear can take over our sense of logic and well-meaning actions and can turn us into people that we don't recognize. But Jesus calls us to live into a different way, a way of peace and not hate, of hope, not fear. We know how hard it is to find that peace. We may never truly realize, and we may never really truly realize peace in our lifetimes. It might take us a lifetime to perfect, but we work towards it by staying connected to the Prince of Peace, who nurtures the fruit of peace despite the storm clouds up ahead. We move forward in peace because we know in our hearts that we, our hearts are in good hands. Our hearts are entrusted in Jesus' good hands and whatever our lot, God has taught us to say, It is well with my soul. Thanks be to God for his peace in our lives. Amen.